0: Hi, welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I want to thank you so much for listening in on the last few episodes. If you've already written me and shared your feedback, I so appreciate it. And if you haven't, if you have any feedback you want to share with me, anything that you really loved about these episodes or something that you would like to hear in the future, please take a moment and let me know what you want to hear more of or less of. I absolutely love hearing from you, and these podcasts are really to help you think a little bit differently, help you grow, help you ask more questions, so the more feedback, the better. And also, I am going to be starting weekly challenges in, I just said challenges, really strange. Anyways, I'm going to be starting weekly challenges around nutrition, mindset, overall healthy life stuff in there, and it's a really great way also to connect with others, and I'll be offering support. If you're not already in it, I will link in the show notes so that you can come join us. The idea here is not to flip your life upside down, but just to give you a tiny little push so that you can start making some changes. And if you are struggling with change and you feel like you're in kind of a yo-yo pattern, Um, My Healthy Habits Blueprint course was essentially designed for you. And in this program, you'll learn self-compassion, you'll learn self-awareness, and you'll learn how to define your core values that help you create a set of health habits that will help you achieve so many incredible things in life. I was just talking to uh, an HHB participant last night, and she was just telling me how much more confident she feels in her ability to make decisions about how she does things And it's, yeah, it's really cool to hear. Anyways, if you want to hear more about HHB or my coaching services, you can always schedule a call with me and I will add that link in the show notes. But let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. So the question that I wanted to answer is, can you be more mindful without meditating? And if so, how? And I feel like the topic of mindfulness is just so hot right now. Meditation has become really mainstream. When I remember when I was little, And my mom was really into yoga and she was like kind of into like the hippie yoga stuff and really only, you know, meditation seemed like a really hippie thing. It was like something that, that people that kind of smelled like patchouli did, right? I mean, you guys don't forget I'm from California and now it's super mainstream. I mean, it seems like now everybody is meditating. Everybody's talking about meditation. Everybody's talking about mindfulness. So it kind of almost feels like if you're not meditating, Are you behind? And I'm going to be totally honest with you. I am not a meditator, and I actually was introduced to mindfulness meditation over three years ago. And I have been incredibly on or off with meditation for mm, probably like five years. And I remember I went to this first class, and it was a bunch of you know bunch of adults wearing super comfy clothes in their socks, sitting on different cushions, everybody like creating their cushion pile. And we meditated for an hour. And it's kind of crazy thinking back on it because that was really, I hadn't really meditated much before that. And while I didn't stick with it, so I was very inconsistent with it, it did teach me a lot. And it taught me something that I didn't know about mindfulness. And that is, you know, I kind of understood, I thought, you know, you meditate and then all these magical things happen in your brain, but really mindfulness meditation. Oh gosh. I also went, I forgot. I went to a Zen meditation, which was the weirdest thing in the world. I literally, you have to sit in Zen meditation. You have to sit facing the wall. And then in the middle of the meditation, you have to get up and then they chant things and walk around in a circle. It was very strange maybe that was what turned me off of meditation. I'm, I, I just remembered that. But mindfulness meditation, I had this incredible teacher who explained it in the most beautiful way. And he said, mindfulness meditation is like understanding that your brain is the sky and your thoughts are clouds. And so mindfulness meditation is not about catching onto the clouds or, or clearing the sky of any clouds. It's about knowing that the clouds are gonna be there and noticing them and letting them pass by. And so mindfulness or the definition of mindfulness, uh, I got this definition from John Kabat-Zinn, who is kind of like the father of modern mindfulness in the United States. And his definition I think is so beautiful. It is paying attention in the present moment on purpose Non-judgmentally, and so we talked a little bit about curiosity over judgment in the last episode. So if you haven't listened to that, I definitely recommend going back and checking that one out because I talk a little bit about curiosity over judgment. and And I think it's important to understand is that meditation is one way to train mindfulness, but it is not the only way that you can be mindful. And I think that we get stuck in that a little bit because we have this expectation of like, well, I'm going to meditate and then automatically I'm going to be more mindful, and then all of a sudden I'm going to be super zen. and It's not, unfortunately, it's not sort of a direct way there, which I think can be quite frustrating, especially if you have meditated for a while, you maybe haven't seen the benefits that everybody told you were going to see. And so you're like, well, screw this. I don't want to do it. And so as someone that is sort of, um, I have a weird block against meditation that I'm really working on right now. I thought it might be interesting to talk a little bit about some ways to train mindfulness that have nothing to do with sitting down on a cushion for however long. And I wanna start out by sharing this idea of autopilot being the opposite of mindfulness. And it's not really an idea because it's a fact, but technically habits, so the things that we do every day without thinking, like for example, the way you brush your teeth, Is the opposite of mindfulness. But in order for us to create intentional habits, mindfulness is absolutely necessary because you know that we can't change what we're not aware of, but awareness with mindfulness. So mindful awareness is completely different than simply knowing, oh, I'm not good at this thing. And the problem is, is we live so much in our own heads, and our thoughts are incredibly full of judgment. So much so that we often cut ourselves off from what we're feeling or what we're experiencing in the moment, because we're constantly either thinking about or predicting what is going to happen next, even when we're in the middle of something else. And as I said before, like you might be similar to me in the sense that you feel some resistance to meditation. It might feel a little bit scary to actually sit there and be with your thoughts. And I got to tell you, as someone that has a lot of thoughts, many, many, many thoughts, yeah, it can be a little overwhelming to sit with your thoughts sometimes. And I'm going to share some of the benefits of meditation, although you may already know them, but it's pretty incredible the benefits of meditation, but mindfulness can also offer a lot of these benefits. And so even if you start practicing mindfulness under your own terms, and maybe eventually down the road, you get to meditation, you can still experience some of the benefits of meditation, even without doing what I said, like sitting down for 20 minutes on a cushion. And so meditation include, the benefits include reducing anxiety, increasing self-awareness, patience, boosting imagination, creativity, managing negative emotions, even improving some health markers, like blood pressure, things like that. But if you're stressing and you have this like should thought in your head of, oh, I should be meditating and you get stressed out because you're not meditating and every week that you're not meditating, you're stressing about it. That is definitely not helping at all. So, I want to tell you that you can drop the stress and you can still cultivate mindfulness without doing what appears to be traditional meditation. And so personally, I mentioned before, I'm working on this right now and this is actually something to kind of share a little bit. I was talking with my therapist about this, I'm changing therapists at the moment, but I was talking to my old therapist about this and at first she was like, "Yeah, you know, just meditate for a few times a few or a few minutes a day, like twice a day." And I was so resistant that I would I came to our next meeting I was like I didn't do it. And then the next meeting I was like I didn't do it. And she said to me, she's like, you know what? Let's start out small. Like, you don't need to do a few minutes a day. She's like, what about just a few breaths? And for me, that alleviated a big stress. And I I was like, you know what I can commit to? I thought in my head and I was like, what sounds realistic for me? And so I now have a reminder on my phone in the morning when I wake up and in the evening when I go to bed. And my goal is to do one minute of sitting wherever I am. I don't need to be sitting on a cushion or anything special, just sitting where I am quietly." with my breath, and working on noticing my thoughts and letting them go. Literally one minute. Some days I choose to do more, but I know that even on a day where I'm really resistant to it, I'm like, I can do 60 seconds. And for me, that's really helping me practice consistency in these tiny bits of mindfulness and showing myself that, mind, that mindfulness and meditation aren't as scary as sometimes my brain builds them up to be. And I honestly love that mindfulness itself is defined as just being present, because for me, that opens up the door to there being so many ways to practice it. And here are some ways that I think can be really helpful for you to start improving your mindfulness, even if meditation really isn't your thing quite yet. And the first thing that you can do is just simply notice. And that might mean you're walking down the street and you notice the blue sky. You notice the orange leaves. You don't use your phone and you actually look at things. I know I walk around Barcelona with my dog and a lot of the time I'm like looking up at the buildings, I'm looking into people's windows. Yeah, I'm creepy like that. And when you're out in the world, that can be kind of nice. Even if sometimes you notice things that aren't necessarily pleasant, you might notice like the smell of the exhaust. You might- Um, you might notice the feeling of rain on your, on your body, but when you get home, you can also notice things. You can notice how the water feels on your hands as you wash dishes, what your toothbrush feels when it's going across your teeth, what the carpet feels like underneath your feet. And you can notice while you're doing things, you can intentionally notice each step in the process. And that can start helping you break that autopilot with so many of our habits. So for example... I make coffee the same way every morning. And so for me to notice during this habit and and turn it into a more mindful process would be, I notice how I put water in the kettle to boil it. I notice when I pick up the French press to actually put the coffee in it, I notice what the coffee smells like as I'm putting the coffee in in the French press. And those steps in itself can help me become a little bit more present that actually carries through the rest of the day, which is really cool. I also really love this exercise that I learned from a friend of mine who teaches meditation. His name is uh, Roberto Ramirez. And I will um, hopefully remember, yes, I'm gonna make a note to put his uh, contact in the show notes because he does meditations in Spanish, but he is bilingual. And he taught me this really amazing exercise that I love. And I've actually done this with clients and it's been really helpful is simply asking yourself, what am I touching right now? What can I feel? And so for me, for example, I can feel my cold hand touching my leg. What do I taste? I can taste, I just had a kiwi, so I can taste kind of the leftover kiwi. What do I see? I see the microphone that I'm recording this on. What do I smell? I smell the cold air, which may you may argue that that's a feeling, whatever, but I can smell the cold air. What can I hear? I can hear the sound of my own voice. And so while you are noticing those things, it's really hard to be elsewhere. So just that little step can help you become a little bit more mindful. Another thing that you can practice is to try breathing. A lot of us breathe really, really shallow into our chests. And especially like if you're someone that tends to be anxious um, or quite stressed, you might notice that you're not breathing deeply at all. And so one exercise I like to do with clients, sometimes we do this on calls together, is just to practice breathing deep into your belly. So you'll put one hand over your belly, one hand on your chest, you'll breathe in through your nose and try to push your hand that's on your belly out. And then as you exhale through your mouth, you'll feel your belly go in. And you can hear the noise of it. You can feel it. You can smell it. It's, it's, some, it's a feeling that, that is very present as you do it. And when you start to practice this, setting aside time to do it, understanding that this can take less than like 10 seconds to do, but even just stepping away from wherever you are and doing that or setting a reminder on your phone to breathe can be so helpful to start practicing mindfulness and being in your own body. And personally, I work with, so I work with all of my clients on mindful eating habits and some of my clients that really struggle to be present while they're eating, it can be so helpful for them to take a few of these deep belly breaths before starting to eat their food. And they find that it helps them reduce whatever stress is going on in the moment and really helps be in the present moment with the meal that's in front of them. And then another step that's really, really helpful for removing, uh, or sorry, for building mindfulness is actually removing distractions intentionally. And you may not notice, and this is something that I was actually really surprised by when I first started practicing mindfulness. At the time, I was living in a house with two other girls. And so, you know, at one time there was the TV going on, and then there was someone talking, and then there was someone else on the phone, and then maybe there was music happening, and then I was on my phone. And so, I had to first mindfully notice, oh my gosh, there are a lot of things happening right now. And so for me, part of working on my personal mindful eating practice, for example, I had to make the effort to sort of like close the door to the kitchen where I would eat and sit without distractions, keep my phone in the other room, because it's really hard to be mindful. It's really hard to be present when there are other things happening. Maybe when you become quite skilled at this, you're able to, you know, ignore the sound of the radio or not be bothered by someone else's phone call. But when, when you're first starting out, if you are working on noticing, for example, if you're going for a walk, maybe you don't listen to music as you're noticing the color of the sky or the color of the leaves on the trees. And think of it like this. If you're, so let's say you're, you've you already got your thoughts, your thoughts are like the radio in the background, but then you're adding distractions on top of it. It's even more difficult to truly be present Uh, in, in whatever moment you're in. And so I want to give you an actual practical example of how mindfulness can change how you think about yourself and how you think about your interactions with food or exercise. And this is something that comes up quite a lot with the people that I work with. And you might, for example, maybe this is you, I don't know. Maybe you tend to react to feeling a certain way by going to the kitchen and looking for a snack. And you're aware, so you've got the awareness of like, hey, this isn't working for me. I want to fix it. But, you know, self-control or planning or putting rules around food, like that doesn't seem to be working. And so this is where mindfulness can help you notice without judgment what's happening and why, and then open you up to understanding what's happening with your thoughts or feelings, both before, during, and after. And so, for example, you might notice that every time you have a task that you're really not looking forward to at work, or maybe every time you finish a Zoom call uh, with your, you know, with, with work, you have an uncomfortable feeling, and that uncomfortable feeling to get away from it, you find yourself going to the kitchen. Because while you're snacking, you're not actually feeling that uncomfortable feeling. And so, perhaps you start noticing I'm thinking I don't want to do this task, or I am thinking I'm uncomfortable, or I'm thinking I'm upset, or I'm thinking I'm overwhelmed. So there's many options to what you can decide that you're thinking or notice that you're thinking. And in doing so, you create a bit of space in between feeling and reaction. And so you have feeling, you have noticing, and then you can respond. Whereas normally with a habit, it's, trigger, reaction. And with mindfulness, it opens you up to responding instead of reacting. This helps so much when it comes to self-compassion, because if you're constantly jumping to conclusions about your thoughts or feelings or ignoring them, it's really easy to draw judgment on yourself. So as you practice noticing and being more present in your thoughts, you can also start to practice non-judgment around what you're noticing. And so you might notice you're able to make more conscious decisions and able to observe instead of judge when you make a decision that you might want to do differently in the, for the next time. So no, in my opinion, you don't need to meditate to be mindful. But if you want to, go for it. Like anything I mention in any of these podcasts or anything that I talk about, set your expectations to realistic instead of idealistic. I like to think of this as like a setting on your, on your stereo. Does anybody have a stereo anymore? Is that a thing? where you set, your, set it to realistic. So you can think about like, what is ideal? Maybe down the road in some future, you would love to meditate for 20 minutes a day or 20 minutes, two times a day or whatever that is. But right now, maybe what feels realistic and what doesn't feel super scary to you is maybe five minutes. Maybe you're like me and you say one minute, but finding what that is that helps you, you know, be motivated to do it because you see the benefit, but not such a big task that you're like, holy crap, this is scary. I don't want to do it. And I just keep putting it off. That's kind of the sweet spot. And I'm actually thinking about doing a whole episode on mindful eating, just because it's something that I work on so much with my clients and I've worked on it so much with myself. And I would talk a little bit about the key habits that I work on with clients and we will be teaching. So hint, hint, we'll be teaching in a future course. So if you would love to learn more about that, you can just pop over to Instagram at Bite Size Nutri and send me a message and let me know that you would be interested. That way I can kind of gauge what people want to hear. And I just want to finish off by saying that this is work that can be so helpful to do alongside a mental health professional. Even if you're not someone that's like, I've got depression or I've got anxiety or whatever that is, working with a therapist can be so helpful and it for me even though i got to say i haven't quite found my like therapist soulmate yet but i've learned something from every therapist that i have worked with and been able to take some useful tips away from those experiences so if you're open to the experience um i definitely recommend giving it a try i think it can be very very helpful if that is something that you're looking to do i think everybody at some point in their life should try therapy Um, some people are more ready for it and some people aren't, and maybe financially you're not there. Anyways, I'm going to stop talking about that. I think at some point everybody should try therapy, but I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for showing up and hanging out, letting me talk about this stuff. Um, and hopefully you get to put some of this mindfulness into practice. It is truly life-changing getting to be present in what is happening in your life especially if you're someone like me who I don't know how many times I've made a giant mess in my house because I've been going, 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 going so fast from one thing to another and just not paying attention. And paying attention, being mindful, being aware in the present moment without judgment is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So thank you for listening. Make sure to give a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and I will see you next week.